0: Being asked by uh, Josh from WeWork Stip if I was taking fashion advice for Milano Collection 18 hardly Josh from WeWork Stip Josh from WeWork Stip
1: set up at the entrances were great and they did like a the starter had Julia and, and Siri there handing over bouquets of flowers to the competitors it just it felt like a good old fashioned G1 Final, you know, like pomp and circumstance, you know, and just yeah. felt like a big fight, felt like a real fight, you know. individual entr- entrances, that whole stand at your corner, wait, like just everything about that. And they off, but also great for Stardom. They promoted the Stardom show, crossover show stuff. So like, yeah, I saw that. That's a kind of interesting thing that they're doing that
2: in New York. New York, yeah. What's what's. Stardom's reach in the US, like
1: I don't know, but obviously, um, I think they want to expand it, and I think Stardom is, um, you know, from all reports, it's the best, uh, you know, women's pro wrestling promotion on the planet, and many people argue it's the best pro wrestling promotion. Full stop. Yeah. Um. So the people that like it really like it, obviously, and I think it's got the potential to and are they are they on new japan world now or no no because they got they because they're, they're the, the complicated issues with tv rights ownerships because stardom's deals with another um tv network so tv asati owns half of new japan world so they the rights issues that you know they that's where they struggle they can't get to, that was where the big holdup before of getting their performers onto shows because it was an issue. Bushi Roads obviously had to negotiate and try to figure it out because they own both. So, yeah, yeah. They're like, in theory, they should be together. And I mean, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, they have like a REFL universe kind of um, platform where you get Stardom World and New Japan World on the one platform. Like, that would be yeah. the perfect marriage where you pay a little extra and you get both. Yeah. Um, hopefully they get to that point but obviously the the new japan of america shows are going to be integrated across so that's going to be um i just think it's as i said new japan is they said they wanted to do it and they're starting off pretty quickly in doing it and i think they just realized that there's an expectation in the the western countries in the west that there's going to be uh more than just the men there that they'll be Uh, women's wrestling on on those shows and so they realize well that's the expectation we have to we believe we have to provide that and luckily for us we have we have we have the connect to the the best of this as well so we can bring them over and wow that's insane isn't it and i and i kind of feel like like oh yeah we i think we can do women's wrestling as well yeah yeah yeah. in their first show they'll have the best women's division uh on any of it new japan of america the best women's division in the world because it's all of stardom coming across but to yeah. me, and this is how I sort of look at it. I think they have the potential to be like what the cruiserweights were for WCW, where yeah. they present this high speed style that is so different. It's so technically complex. It's so it's, it's just so good, and they can come onto a show and steal it and and in, and like force the 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 big boys to start to realize, oh shit, we got to lift our game here, or we're going to get we're going to get outworked. And I think they have that potential. I know people just don't want stardom to to suffer to try to be the women's division of New Japan. They want stardom to be its own thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's fair enough. Yeah, of course. They've made a new belt for it. So and also like, yeah, like
2: if they were doing stuff on for Wrestle Kingdom on that show, that would just bring a lot more westernized to that. And
1: that's what I said, like seeing Siri and Julia at the G1 final is is a, is a statement of, you know, like we think that we want to present our stardom wrestlers at, on this big grand stage. So Awesome. But yeah, man, I, I think for these three nights, I think we got uh, a crescendo where it felt like New Japan. I, I'll just say, I think when that main event was starting and, and the stardom girls were there and the they were doing that weird uh, fire pro camera angle, it just felt for that moment that New Japan was back and it felt like the G1 final was back to its luster. It had that feel and the internet and Twitter and people were alive talking about it. It felt like the buzz was back. It was a big match that people cared about. It felt like those early days of uh, Omega and Akata and Omega and Nitro. it felt like those days were somewhat, it's not, never going to be like that again, but it felt like for just a moment we were heading towards that and the one-night Wrestle Kingdom, the New Year's Dash, It's like. Hmm. nature is healing and we are heading towards when when we get to wrestle kingdom i think they can they can sell they might be able to sell it out and they might be able to cheer and if that's possible it it will be an all-timer because it's it's literally the big chance um to show and i think if you're going to do that you put a Carter in the main event and you trust the man i think that's the this is the (laughs) <laughs> probably, yes, probably versus Nito no. because you think it's safe as houses. So,
0: well, you, you get Kenny back, it's Okada in the main event, and then all of a sudden, Kenny Omega's music hits. Yeah, and yeah, like, yes. yeah. It's like it's like Nito is walking in the backstage area, and they find out that Nito's been buried, he's dead, he's been killed <laughs> by someone. And then all of a sudden, Okada he's like, Well, who's gonna take me on tonight? <laughs> This is Wrestle Kingdom who's gonna take me on? Oh, what's that? I have 60 minutes, yes, I
1: have 60
0: yes. minutes, and it's like, oh, don't I have a, a, a thing to like settle with anyone? Like, surely, surely someone, and then all of a sudden, you hear like Kenny Omega's didn't, 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 didn't.
2: Was that his song? <laughs> precisely the moment where Dave turns off the TV. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dave proclaims Wrethel Kingdom uh cancelled. Yeah. yeah. I just, that, they, that was that
0: was my best attempt at
1: conspiracy books. I like a bit of conspiracy book, Red. The best I like very you, good. you get best the, best the best thing book. is, Red, you get to the minutiae conspiracy book because you actually conspiracy book the actual segment. You're like, yeah. and then he'll say this, and then yeah. he'll say that. we just we play the we play the big pictures here. You go into the finer details. Uh yeah, nothing would uh, nothing would be would give me greater satisfaction than. Then uh Dave being first of all upset that NITO gets the main event spot. Only for NITO to be taken out and Omega to be replaced. It would be like, what could just get Dave that little bit more upset about it? Let's let's insert Ken. In comes Ken Chan. And I'm here he saying, comes. I'm just saying if that happens. Yeah, I won't be watching. No, it's Kenny, it's Kenny Osprey. No, Don't no, worry, no. people. It's Kenny Osprey. That's what's happening.
0: If uh, if if that actually happens, I'm just pointing That's it out. That's
1: happening. That it's it's going to be Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega. I don't know if it's happening to Wrestle Kingdom, but it's happening. And uh, the internet is not ready. Dave Meltzer is not ready. I am not ready. Dave
2: <laughs> Meltzer is definitely not ready.
1: <laughs> he's not ready for that. Yeah. I can't wait. But old Dave Meltzer,
0: he's not a friend, Dave. Oh, he's just not a friend.
1: <laughs> he's not a friend. He's not <laughs> a friend of the show. Not he's Dave. Got no friends in New Japan. No more friends in New Japan. Hmm. Except maybe except maybe ELP, maybe. <laughs> That's our little underlying spirit conspiracy right? That's our working conspiracy right now. Is that ELP yeah. is Dave Meltzer's new source? <laughs> because Meltzer has been glowing in his ELP praise. Like, oh Phantasma. Yeah, Phantasma is just he's just at a level that people it's like I was like, oh, he's found a new boy elp run son just run yeah. get get away quick yeah. Uh, so yeah people are, get prepared for high rated el Fantasmo matches because I believe uh, like you got to feel for you got to feel for Dave Meltzer because he's replaced all his New Japan sources with Bill, Willie Osprey and if you thought <laughs> that you thought that Will that the the observer was hard to comprehend before now imagine you've got Dave Meltzer trying to transcribe Will Osprey's thoughts. And now, Subway delivered by Uber presents the Stiff One. We have such a benefit. We have such a great uh, benefit in Australia in terms of when we get to watch the G1 shows. Normally, it's you know, it's it's night time, it's afternoon, it's always in prime time here in Australia, which is great uh, for the viewing. Uh, but not so much in the weeks when uh, there's three stories in a row and we have to record at some point. Uh, So it's like the only time where uh, it makes it where the the Western, the the American or the UK audience has it over us in terms of their capacity to find time to record their shows. Uh, We sort of had to struggle this week in finding the right time to get a recording in because we wanted to give the fans out there, at least our thoughts on what has been this sort of this little run of the G1 final. Cause everyone sort of just experienced the last couple of nights and it was like, Holy shit, what has happened? And giving our sort of insights on that, because that's what this show is going to be. It's a bit of a, not so much a big recap of the entire G1 that is coming next week.
0: Just when you thought we were done, we just watched the final one. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, we work stiff. And it is late. That's why I'm jumping straight into the intro. What's that? You want to have more of this? Okay. You want to hear me talk more with Limical Rhymes? All right. Try this on for the times. We have finally come to the end of the G1. What's that? It's pure puresso fun. Oh, Red, you brought the main event. My name is the Ravishing Red Rude, and I am joined over yonder. By Doctor Dave Pruden, and I
2: don't get in the way of the gimmicks.
0: about <laughs> <laughs> Pimp <up> him himself, <laughs> and the man making the magic happen, Doctor King of Doc himself, the guy who paid for me to go and meet Mick Foley and sat through the entire thing. Julius, Doctor J, Dr. J. I get in the way. <laughs> Josh Scrotten. Hey, there it is. <laughs> no, but seriously, just to get that out of the way, Josh paid for me to go and meet my hero, my wrestling idol. The reason why I'm into
2: wrestling. And Mick you, Foley, you, oh, I hear you told him that too, Red. The reason you're into wrestling.
1: I did. Josh forced me to. <laughs> no, you said it. And then I said and, it. And then Mick had a tremendous reply, which was like, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. At which point I told him it's a great thing because. As men, grown men, we don't talk about our feelings, but through pro wrestling, we have a vehicle through which we can get all sappy and talk about all the emotion and and uh, and love. We we're going to hear us talk about our feelings through wrestling. So I'm sure I'm sure Mick wasn't expecting a lesson in philosophy when when he was going to do a signing. mick as as the new york times bestseller mick the no look look
0: i i believe the thing i said to mick was uh the reason why i'm into wrestling was uh you and triple
1: h hell yeah. in a cell no way out you did. and he was like he was like oh cool i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing and yeah. then i and then I, I said i jumped in and i got a laugh for it i got an actual laugh and i was like whether it's fake it's genuine it doesn't matter i'll be dining out on that for a while uh but you got, and then I, and then I directed Vic to lean towards you for the photo. <laughs> <Literally>, <laughs> like I would like point it and yeah, like, like, that way. Is not like
2: stay away from me. I know where you've been. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> go uh, and lean uh, on him. He'll uh, love it.
0: Yeah. My biggest pop was though, when he did the, uh, the birthday song to the tune of uh, it's, it's uh, I did it my way, but when he did the mankind part, Oh man, when he put the mask on and he did the voice and he sang the song in mankind's voice,
1: Oh my God! I popped. The the key for Red was it was kind of like watching, like Red was like it was like watching someone who's the best way to describe it was smitten.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) like it was just. I didn't move. I didn't clap. He didn't move. I didn't do Uh, anything. I didn't laugh. Red was he didn't. He was like just (laughs) Mick. He just was literally just (laughs) didn't move it did, didn't clap did uh, he's telling he's accurate did not move when we're on the staircase
0: josh put his hand on my back and mick waved us over and josh pushed me <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, get over here son and, and then yeah, like we, yeah
0: we sat down and josh is like oh where do you want me to sit and where josh was organizing all of it and josh pushed me <laughs> and i sat down and i'm like oh mick i just want to let you know that you and triple h hell in a cell uh, that, that's the reason why I'm watching wrestling. Yeah, it's great. And, he's going, and I love you.
1: <laughs> I was close.
0: And then Mick's going, what's your name? I'm like, it's Lewis. And I wanted him to sign the, the outside cover of the um, folio book. book. But I was so starstruck, he opened the book up and signed the first page.
1: As, you, as I, this sort of customer, yeah. Yeah,
0: but I wanted yeah. the outside to be signed so I could get it framed.
1: You'll be fine. I think the key takeaway, Reb, it was like, yeah, if you put me over, great. But the key takeaway was that I sacrificed hearing my name said by <laughs> <the> great <laughs> Kevin Kelly. We are Canon. We are officially from now until eternity in New Japan Canon. We work stiff. Exist in the New Japan Universe. It's been established. Uh, thank you to Kevin Kelly who shouted out my. Uh, some insights i had on his fashion which were just recognizing that he was dressing almost identical to milano collection at of or i did say on twitter of all the things that i had talked to kevin kelly about uh that's the one that gets the shout out not the nuanced discussion around story nor the insights around character and potential directions no blazers me talking about blazers has somehow catapulted this show into new japan canon i'm very thankful for that i'm thankful for the fans on twitter that shouted us out that made me aware of this sent dms uh, hit me up on discord to let me know that this was happening it was i found out about it josh let me know as we're driving because i found out as i was pu- i pulled in checked my phone you jumped in the car and i said red we've just been shouted out on this i it's the one night of the g1 after i told talked about being a sh- pure Shiniho freak And I've the one night I'm not watching because I am taking red up to see his, his, and as I said, on Twitter, I made it clear. You have to shower me in praise the sacrifice (laughs) I have made for this moment. I was like, this show better be at least passable. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't set the the expectation. It was passable. I I had, I had a fine time. It was, he, it was a a fine show. It was, it was like a live podcast recording uh, for stories that we have, Heard on WWE uh, network for ten years, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, the Q and A was good as Red had mentioned. But then, it played the hits, You know, dance of oh. what with, with, with who brought you. But ultimately, uh, yeah, to get back and to watch that, and then to to be able to share that and, and not tell Dave until I sent the video to him, I thought it was a lovely little thing. And then watching Dave try to figure out what the fuck was happening, it like what, 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 what? like figuring out if this was doctored, have we somehow? do we get kevin kelly's cameo at some point Did we what what have we done uh yeah a tremendous a tremendous thing i what do we say people at the beginning of the g1 what we were manifesting this we wanted this to happen thank you to all the people out there that have been on our side it was kind of out of out of two things yeah super j Cast are never going to follow us (laughs) (laughs) never going to happen i've accepted that it's okay uh red's adventures on the weekend were great i'm glad for you red thank you it's so nice to see the reason that you're interesting you got to meet him and tell him he was the reason interesting maybe you can retire that phrase now Red. (laughs) maybe that will go we hung up in the in the rafters of the podcast yeah you finally got to say to your hero you can uh you can retire that one put it on a jersey you said it to the person
0: it's funny you boys say that because tonight Literally is the reason why I'm into wrestling. That's right. Holy shit bowls. That was a fun final.
1: It was a... boys.
0: Let's hit the ropes. Boing boing.
1: <laughs> that's right. Because there's three ropes, but somehow we only ever hit two. <laughs> uh and that's opens us up for the first part of this. Is uh as always, most impressive boy from this, the final week of the G1. Who was your most impressive boy? This week,
0: um, you know, look, look, I'm gonna eliminate the rule of like the boy right now, and I'm just gonna talk about. I've made a boy during this entire G1 who wasn't on my team. You don't talk about my boy, Red. I have to talk about him because I have never, ever, ever from a G1 felt more about a boy. And filthy Tom Lawler,
1: yeah, that's literally who I'm going to talk about. So you're (laughs) gonna
0: Tom Lawler literally has me hook, line, and sinker. I've said it from day one. Uh, this guy really got me, like, you know, on from the very first match, it was a singles match, and you know, this
1: match with Vegeta, yeah,
0: yeah, and due to like injuries and COVID and whatever, but then. Throughout the course of the G1, his entire mannerisms and everything, and his after-match promos, and I just fell in love with the guy so much. But chef's kiss. The guy gave perhaps one of the greatest promos that if you ever want to like... Ugly cry? how How many people out there can say that a promo made you almost cry?
1: Almost? I've heard a ton of people that legit cried. I've
0: talked about my guy's... The entire thing, but because it's the end of the G one, you've
1: thrown them all under the bus. You've just decided that none of them are good. I'm
0: not throwing under the bus. You've I'm thrown them saying,
1: all. You, you couldn't you couldn't name an impressive one to save your life. I'm
0: just saying, if we're talking about a boy, like you know, there was a guy who came out, and I fell in love with him instantly. We both came out together, and I am a massive fan of the Filthy One.
1: Yeah, I I well, I'll I'll back jump off the back of that red because I I also uh, had him because you know. He's in my uh, he's in my team, uh, so I, I obviously have to talk about someone in my team, uh, and that would be Filthy Tom Lawler because uh, this week he had not only I mean he's been I've been yearning to talk about him most weeks, but he hasn't really been wrestling many singles matches. He sort of was bad, he had three at the back end of the tournament, but he was so impressive in the undercards. He was con- like he demonstrated a really innate ability to get over with the crowd from the get go. I do think there was, to some extent, the hardcores in New Japan knew who he was via Strong, so there was a lot of connection there. I think, but there's no doubt that he's been able to get like to get a lot out of this and to finish three and three. I think he finishes three and three for the tournament. Um, yeah, that to me is a really great. Um, in that block where he was, everyone thought that he was going to get sort of the Akata win. That was going to be his sort of match. And I thought he was really good in the Okada match. It was a different type of Okada match, a limb-based match with Okada where he worked the arm the entire time. And that was kind of cool. And I thought it was an interesting insight. It was like the goal was, I know what your strongest thing is and I'm going to take it and I can present a different style, like that ground based attack. And Carter having to beat him without using the Rainmaker because ultimately Tom nullified the Rainmaker, which I thought was a really... Yeah cool story and the fact that okada would then afterwards make it pretty clear like to um to tom like well, let's do it again that's the classic respectful okada where you get to walk away and he you know he gives you the look or he it's like the johnny carson you know gives you the thumbs up sort of thing like i've made it as a i think
2: even um i think archer got the fist
1: bump there. yeah yeah when and when okada fists you that's when you know you've made it <laughs> but the that sign of respect I thought was really strong, but it wasn't until his match with uh, with Jeff Cobb where I felt like that's so my shit, like it's so my shit. Like they went in there and had like a blood sport match where they just grappled, and the whole story of the match is essentially having uh, Tom just working that arm, that same idea, like trying to get a Kimura and trying to get him in these like interesting hammerlocks and just. Every time he's going back to it, and I just really was impressed by how Tom, throughout the tournament, he like he and I was we were sort of talking about this before Dave about how a lot of the guys just improve so much through throughout the tournament, just in terms of their work and the way that they move and the, just the, the obviously there's a level of comfort that's developed, but you get this sense like working New Japan and on that system and on that schedule, traveling with all the boys in the bus, working. Uh, you know doing your warm-ups with all the lads before the matches you just get better it just you just improve with all those reps and you just continue to get better and i feel like for some guys i just think they must be like so enthused by that where they can feel the the you know the gains like they can feel like there's improvement you know and Mm -hmm. by the end of that tournament tom's ability to be utilizing pro wrestling maneuvers in terms of things like he does that thing where like you know how everyone does the ddt where they sort of do the tornado ddt where they jump off the middle rope and they spin to do the ddt uh-huh. well tom does it but he does it to get into a, a guillo like he does it to get into a guillotine so he's able to get into his legs and wrap around and get his get the like to lock his legs around the guy and it's like that's yeah. i love that that inversion of what your expectation for a pro wrestling maneuver is and merging that with mixed martial arts and it's like yeah. that's so different and it's it's not like Zach, it's a different type of style where it's a different shoot style that I really appreciated. It's
0: grittier. It's much more grittier. Whereas Zach is much more like, you know, uh
1: it's more formulaic. Zach is beautiful. Like Zach yeah, is made to look graceful and pretty and flowy. Yeah, yeah, flows and it's
0: whereas Tom's a bit more filthy.
1: Yeah, Tom's is get this India. And I'm but it Tom's looks like it legit like I don't it looks rough like it looks like oh yes but his ability to sort of blend styles and find different ways to go and the fact that he got a clean pin for over jeff cobb is to me is quite surprising because it it renders jeff back to three and three and it elevates tom to that same level at three and three so i feel like tom was a a a focus of new japan to say like i was like where does he fit and i was never quite sure in the in the leader because like he's a pretty over character uh, as Red said, his promo game is so strong and it's so emotional. He's crying. He's talking about it. it means so much to him. He is impossible to boo. He is impossible to boo now. And his whole yeah. thing is supposed to be that Team Filthy is a is a heel faction. They have. There's no doubt in my mind that they're turning face. Like none. They have to be face yeah. because he's too good. It's like his position, I'm not exactly sure where it's going to go. I would ideally like to see New Japan strong. And like there'd be a merging of that. I think New Japan Strong's kind of like uh, New Japan's like NXT kind of thing. I feel like mm. Tom has graduated now. I feel like he's at a level where he can go back to strong, but ultimately I would like to see him on uh, on New Japan proper as much as possible. I think he's been just a breath of fresh air, a different style. And in his last three matches, I think he really demonstrated his his capacity and his commentary. Uh, getting to know the character, getting to know the guy. I think he could be a significant asset for New Japan because of he is so much like a, a pro wrestling fan. He is a pro wrestling fan. He's as big a dork as, as the rest of us. And it means that he's got that relatability and he ha- understands the market. So I do feel like he's got a lot of potential as a guy that can really have his finger on the pulse in terms of what's what's trending, what's interesting and present that and and help, uh, I think helping that sort of Western expansion. I think he's got that kind of, uh, potential in terms of the way he sees the business and from all accounts he's just the best dude ever. So you can't not like him what a boy uh, he's been my most impressive. he's been my my low key most impressive throughout this entire tournament, but he sort of he 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 emerged he sort of emerged from the pack this week to sort of um, showcase himself uh, even when he was eliminated, which is the proof of the G1. he didn't have to be in contention to demonstrate and show out he was he was great and yeah. Ugly crime from the get go. From the get go, I said Tom Muller, very first episode. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. What do you think that character is as face? Lovable idiot who can snap your arm. It's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, he's like a fun time kind of guy. Like, he's obviously a bit of sleazy kind of like, Mm. um, and he sort of he initially like you thought his character would be sort of obnoxious, and he was a bully on New Japan Strong. That was his sort of thing, like a legit bully, like a mean guy. Um, so a face version of that character is very difficult to figure out. I, I feel like, like
0: the neighbor, like the neighbor who you always thought was bad, but all of a sudden he's now beating up the bullies for
1: you because you found like, common ground. You're talking like the old guy from home alone is that what you, is, that what you he is like he scares everyone but somehow he saves the day at the end with his shovel yeah uh, yeah I I I don't know I think put it this way I don't think it's an accident that on multiple times Chris Charlton has framed Tom Lawler's career in the same way he frames Suzuki's career he continually says this guy started out as a as a pro wrestler went to ma came back to pro wrestling later in life so i feel like the character positioning is they're sort of positioning him as that type of shooter so like lovable shooter curmudgeon like just typical like chad like that Mm. might be the position that they sort of put him in with with team filthy being like a a sort of a Western Suzuki-gun kind of model where it's like he's the the front man and everyone's sort of coming in to be stretched under him and they pass his test and they're all kind of like a band of misfits. I could kind of see that positioning and it would make sense if we're seeing slight movement with Suzuki-gun going back to their heelish ways that a team like Team Filthy could take a a mantle of being that kind of lovable rose gallery that people just think are kind of interesting and Filthy being that, that guy that has legitimate, like is credible uh at the forefront but also is clever smart acervic like the guy is the guy can play meta like he talks he just plays meta he makes people do poses plus he's out there promoting stardom all the time the guy's just a great ambassador he is the bushy road warrior he is the true bushy road warrior and i haven't known where he fits in the ecosystem since the beginning but i do feel they need to make a space for him that's the best way to put it i think i think if you give him enough time and you give him enough an interesting program I think he could get himself over in a, in an interesting way. Like I think he could do something that would, I just, I just think we need more diversity in New Japan uh, in terms of match styles. And I think yeah. that he's a guy that has demonstrated he can present something very different. Um, he's never as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah you want to uh, yeah, redefine that title. You want to bring back never to where it was in my perfect way. In my booking, I would love never and strong to merge, to become like, just like get rid of never title and make the strong title, the never title. Cause they're both open weight belts and sort yeah. of merge the systems. I don't think they're going to do like merge the streams. I don't think they're going to do that, but never seems like the perfect place. And that's the thing. Like if they're going to position him like they did Suzuki, then never in baby. Like that's where, that's where he can, he can make that his title and make that like the, the style mm-hmm. of match yeah. that it used to be and make it that it's like the shoot style, the strong you know the the, you know the strong style belt um yeah and i think he has the charisma to sort of elevate that to you know semi-main in in sort of the b shows as well you know so that's i put him in that category and wrestling those type of guys i just i think there's something there i don't know what it is but i just feel like there's something there that he's got that that kind of charisma and i do feel he'll be a vehicle for for western fan interest and i do think that in time, he'll open it up to a different type of audience because he's been on the indies and he's been working in different spaces. And similar to what Alex Zane did, you know, like opening New Japan up to a different type of audience that wasn't already watching, like that GCW yeah. crew that weren't watching New Japan that sort of had a look because Zane, I think Filthy will have the same sort of effect on on Laps fans that are in the observer or whatever, because he's got that kind of cachet. And you know Alvarez won't stop talking about what Tom Law is doing. So that will help as well in terms of promotion across the the smarky bastards but he's my top boy. I love him. Bad mine, Adopt <laughs> a doctor boy.
2: Yeah. I'm curious about like, I mean, all these, all these guys, I'm
1: curious, like where to from here? I don't know. Cause that's the thing. What's next? How do you capitalize on it? You get guys like Jonah, these runs, you get Tom Lawler, this thing. It doesn't mean a hell of a lot. If you don't capitalize on it. like what's next. Yeah. If you don't follow up. No. And that, yeah. And, and I think there should be things this year for, particularly those two guys. I would not be surprised. I, I think I, I would not be surprised that Jonah gets another match with Okada to avenge that the briefcase sort of thing. But Bad Dude Tito is, again, my honorable mention for most impressive boy. He's <laughs> not in a <the> G1 <laughs> tournament, but every every week I'm like, God, I love that guy. Just the best. Very good. Um, My most impressive
2: boy. And it's just based purely on... Uh, character stuff and interest as to where it's going. That's why I asked, like, with regards to Tom Lawler, where you thought it was going. But yeah, it's Juice. So, yeah. Uh, he's, I've enjoyed others' matches. Well, no, no, that's a lie. I've enjoyed another guy's matches as much mm. as Juice. Um, and, but for very different reasons. Mm. And like Kent is my honourable mention. I'll just Kent like is your everyday
1: mention. mention. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kent is amazing. Kent, Kent, Kent Dave, Kent, 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 love is getting out Kent, of hand. Kent
0: was my other boy.
1: I was yeah, about. Yeah. To
0: say
2: Kent, my <laughs> boy. Kent is your honourable mention. <laughs> for for a boy, it from purely like being a narrative driven thing. This whatever has happened with Juice in this G one is my most compelling story, because. Because I feel like this really is only the very beginning. There's like a lot of seeds being planted in this G1, and the characteristics of the character have been really interesting. The hyper, like talked about a lot of times, hyper aggressive chicken shit heel. And then in the Osprey match, they mentioned uh, I can't remember if it was Kevin Kelly or Chris Charlton, but they're talking around. Juice's character and this idea of, like, the liar.
1: Yeah, about the appendix. Yeah, so
2: lying about the – and kind of ha- – and that made me think about how different things have been implemented into this character throughout matches that he's had around this idea of the liar. And I like, I like that as, um, like, a character trait moving forward. Juice the liar. Yeah, Juice the liar that no one can trust him and he trusts no Mm -hmm. one and he doesn't Mm -hmm. and he's lying to himself as well as others. Yeah. Like I think that's a really interesting it can make him super unhinged and unpredictable. I like that.
1: Yes, because it's important to note, Dave, he finishes with a two and four record. Yeah. At the bottom of the group and below David Finley. Mm. He's he did this all on himself he did this big move, and he did he proclaimed himself the champ, and he's got this sort of delusional view of himself and believed that he had to do this in the best interest of his career. And what everyone does, it's one of those great ironies, is that he moved to Bullet Club, and he has undoubtedly, in the world of like shoot perception, has elevated his stocks but in kayfabe yeah. has greatly diminished his position has fallen yeah. down the pecking order. And I love that interesting dichotomy of it's great for him. It's going to be great for his career, but it sucks for him in terms of his results and his, where he's at. And it's like, that's an interesting character arc is that ultimately he's left the, what, you know, the wet blanket, the, 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 the anchor that was David Finley and Finley has, is has, hasn't just ascended and was unlucky, yeah. got caught out of a couple of flash pins. You know, he did, he was never really decisively beaten, you know, it's like just whereas Juice has been humbled and, and is complaining about everything and has nothing, no one to blame but himself, but refuses to do so and blames everyone else. What's well, going to be great, Dave? We all thought at the beginning of this tournament, it, they're building up for Juice to beat Ospreay the final night, to cost Osprey the spot, to take that US belt and like to, mm. to set up the match. But we all know what the match is now. Already, the match is going to be Finley getting that shot because Finley yeah. earned that shot. Juice didn't. So now you've got this situation where the delusional guy that that dropped the the wet blanket. Now the wet blanket has 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 rushed past him. It's the beginning of something. Yeah.
0: And and what is more dangerous than a delusional person? A delusional wrestler.
1: <laughs> but like his his the liar makes sense though because. Think of this, how this character began. This character began on a lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lying about retiring. Yeah. So the idea of that being his main character trait and and maybe the idea of Finley and what's going to separate Finley is brutal honesty.
2: Yeah. And like the, uh, I don't know how much of a stretch it is, but limber, you know, you, you, I mean, you look at the history of Bullet Club turning on leaders over the years mm. and the guys that have lied to their leaders effectively to sort of boot them out and bring in the new guy. I don't know. Just could potentially the the main reason he's my boy is like that this idea of what that character could be given that I like I like the idea of it mm. and I'm interested to see where it goes and how, it, how it developed. Cause I feel like there's a lot more to it. So how it develops, I think Juice is like, you know, hasn't had a successful G one as far as points, but he's had compelling matches. He's sold a lot, put guys over and put himself in this sort of really odd position now where he's going to be, have to, he's going to have to sort of come from behind to make himself relevant. Mm. And then, but how is he
1: doing that while well, he's kind of like unraveling at the same time? <laughs> yeah, I I wanted to ask you a, just a question on that, David. Before the G one, we had this sort of expectation of what Juice's character was going to be. Where it's a, where it's arrived at seems like it's so different to like I, I certainly thought he was going to be in the mix and he was going to be a, a a danger like a like he's going to be like a threat. He never really felt like a threat in the tournament once david finley beat him like once that happened yeah and i'm just interested to see do you think like ultimately that's it's actually a positive
2: it's not what i initially thought the character was going to be in this g1 and i think that that's a positive i thought that he was kind of going to be like this cool ass kicker guy that was really brash um and what we seem to be getting is like a much more layered madman mm. for me it's far more interesting because it's totally it's almost unpredictable where it could go from here it could go in a lot of different ways and I, like, and I like that idea rather than if he was like competitive and kicked a bit of ass and then sort of like missed out on the final night or whatever you know there's been other character shit going on that is far more sort of fascinating to me and um I don't, know, I don't know, from a story's perspective, a bit more cinematic, I guess, cinematically appealing to me.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. I was interested in it. That's all, man. I was just thinking, because we're looking for d- different characters. That's ultimately what we're looking for, is just different types of presentation. And this guy, like, it's such a, it's just not a pro wrestling presentation. That would be the way to frame Like, you don't normally see a guy willingly debase himself from a position of, I could easily be, positioned at this level as a us title, he came in as the like as a us like he was a us champion he lost it to us like he lost it because of the appendicitis thing which now in retrospect looks like we don't even know if he was telling the truth we have no idea what he was doing at this point how did he lose the belt like he didn't he did he gave it up a liar right so like what's happening like what who is this character do you know what i mean that's the kind of thinking that i'm trying to like frame it around you know like i think he's going to be a big player I have this like after watching this, I'm like that type of character. I have no idea. I have no idea how they get him into conventional matches, but that's kind of interesting, right? That there is this loose cannon on the on the run. We haven't seen that type of true presentation of a loose cannon. And yeah, to be a loose cannon, you have to be willing to, as I said, play the the ass like to be to be be the joke to the butt of the joke. You have to be willing to be put in positions where you're going to be, it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be made to look like weak. And to me, that convention, like that commitment to doing that with the belief, it's got to be a long-term vision that they won't see him coming. When he turns up, they won't see him coming. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I get the feeling that his character is going to become like quite psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm excited by it, Dave, because I as a guy that grew up loving Pillman. Yeah, a of, there's a lot of Pillmanisms about it. Yeah. It's Pillman-esque. And there's yeah. and so many people took the wrong messages, the wrong lessons from Pillman. Like, but if you think about the Pillman story, I'm not trying to make an I'm not trying to equate it exactly because I have great reverence for what Pillman did. But there's there's elements that are so key where he plays the dirt sheets, he works the dirt sheets, he he no one knows who or what or where he's going to do. We don't know if he lost the title. We don't know if he had appendicitis. We don't know anything. We cannot trust anything the man says. And he's the type of character that type of presentation is the perfect type of character in the world of open wrestling we have right now to throw onto AW and do a run in randomly. He's the type of yeah. character you can throw out wherever the Bullet Club are around that he's unhinged and he's and he cannot be trusted and he cannot, you cannot. You, you just don't know where he will be, what he would do. I love that type of idea. And if this is the seeds for that, that's a character. That, that has proven track record of that type of character draws money because yeah. you cannot take your eyes off him and you cannot take your eyes off the television because you don't know what he will say, what he will do. And if I'm New Japan and I'm thinking we need somebody to be to be that type of character, you need to be one, a world-class promo. So he's got that ticked off, right? That's the key. World-class promo. And two, not give a single fuck about what people think about you. The man hasn't had social media for five years. He does not care. So he's not out there worrying about people's opinions. He does not consider that he's a perfect character. He can go zero dark 30. No one will know what's happening. And then he will emerge. I am with you, man. I, I love that we can take guys that didn't feature at all in the G1 in terms of where they were like, at the end of the pointy end, but they have these compelling stories coming out of it, and I just feel like I don't know where. His thing, I have no idea where Juice goes now. Before the tournament, I'm like, oh, well, I don't either.
2: And 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 I think I th- it's weird because I think more significant losses only add to the insanity that he's going to bring to that
1: character. So he's being strengthened by losing, and that's a that's a very that's you know good fair fucks to him. That's a great position to get yourself in. <laughs> right so like i do think that i think you're right man but before the tournament i was like you know i was in my head i was like this is what's going to happen and we got a lot of it that was pretty accurate but i was always of the opinion oh it's going to be osprey and juice and it's it's not it's i think it's going to be juice and finley i think we get to juice and finley for the u.s belt and maybe maybe finley if maybe finley gets osprey you know he He beats Osprey for that US belt. And then Juice comes back and says, that's my thing. And that's, he's like, that's these little anchor. And Juice has been tied to that belt from the time he, you know, from the very beginning of that sort of his ascension to the, you know, to as a main event type of guy, a singles guy. I think that's where the story is going to go. And I'm, I'm super excited. I think that's a Wrestle Kingdom worthy program and, I mean, those two can be tethered together
2: for such a long time and uh, be opposite ends of uh, opposite sides of the same coin.
0: There's a whole bunch of guys, but Finley, who's a New Japan guy, literally like yeah. like kicked the door in and just like I'm here.
1: Now it's going to be on him to to follow it up. That's going to be the big thing because I've got no doubt that Juice can. It's yeah. going to be whether can can Finley can Finley and Juice together get each other to that next level. And if they yeah, can... I mean, that's... I mean that's,
2: that's the question too, right? Because we just spent all this time talking about Juice from a character's perspective, all these options that he has and where he can go. It's like, well, finley has got to work just as hard so he might be winning the matches, but he's got to work just as hard on that character. And there is an edge now to him at the very least. Yeah. Uh, but, what, but what
1: is that? If he's going to be the baby face, what does that become? Mm. It's and to be fair, it's gonna be all on Finlay if it gets over. Cause we know Juice can build compelling rivalries. He's done that. It's gonna be ultimately can Finlay raise his game to be out of position if they're going for the US Belt to be able to be on Wrestle Kingdom and people be invested. Because that's the that's the proving ground. Ultimately you get three months build. Will people care? Or will it be Cody juice? You know? And that's kind of the the situation they find themselves in. Yeah. Juice is the type of character that's the reason I'm a big fan of New Japan. He's the type of character that can only exist there. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of the point that I'm I'm sort of getting. You can't get that true, authentic lunatic um, anywhere else. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Incredibly impressive. I'd like to adopt that boy. (laughs) Well, you can't have him.
0: Okada is your G1 finalist winner. (laughs) the the guy that no one ever thought the underdog
2: (laughs) no one wanted him first the (laughs)
0: the ultimate underdog the guy who no one would have ever thought or saw winning a G1 in 2022 Kazuchika Okada is the
1: winner of the G1 I guess for people that you know people are always going to be um they're always going to sort of hate on Will Ospreay. That's just a given. You just got to accept that that's the reality of um, pro wrestling fandom. But it's very hard um, to deny his ability and capacity to, as a wrestler. Like I think at this point, you just sort of the cognitive dissonance that it requires to sort of be like, well, you know, I think he's shit. <laughs> it's like okay. That's fine. You can think he's shit, but he's there's that's sort of dismissing a lot of the degree of difficulty and this, this, the like. That match of Naito was just the things they did together were otherworldly, and then to come back the next night and wrestle against Okada in a completely different style of match at a much longer, slower pace with a completely yeah. different story. Anyone that sort of is just sort of going out and saying, "Well, Osprey is just a spot monkey, or he's just a high flyer," just they just not they haven't paid attention to this sort of transitional transformation of the guy over the last couple of years um i'm not saying he has to be everyone's cup of tea i know i certainly there's you know i'm a i love story driven matches and he tends to not be the the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to those but you can't deny that he he's sort of it's this exhilarating force inside the ring and the crowd's you know, New Japan, they're listening to the, the crowd, like the crowd at, at Budokan was 100% behind Will Ospreay beating Okada here tonight. You know, like that was, they were with him. The way it was laid out from the semifinal onwards kind of
2: swerved me. I didn't see, well, a few things I thought I caught that I was like, oh, I can determine where this is going and I got swerved. So like Naito pinning Zach to win, to get into the semifinals and it being a quick match.
1: Yeah, quick's an understatement. Yeah.
2: I was like, oh well, then that gives Naito plenty of, uh, you know, plenty of rest so that he can have a couple of big, long, longer style matches, yeah, and hard hitting matches. It just sort of gives him a bit of like half a night off, really, mm. and then yeah, nah, that, didn't <laughs> nah, nah. and then Osprey uh, beating Naito and cutting that promo at the end. I will not I, lose. I will. Well, I was like, well, here we go. Here's the opportunity to put the fourth boy, like to replace the Tana pitcher on the poster where it's Jay, Tana, Naito and Okada. He can slip out Tana now. <laughs> Old daddy Tana's <laughs> on the way out and slide Osprey can slide right in. And uh, yeah, that's why I sent that message. And I was like, I, the pacing of the match where it was tonight, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Will's winning this. This is... This is the culmination of the fourth pillar, the replacement pillar.
0: My absolute favorite message to receive from anyone during a match was that exact message
1: yeah. that About two minutes before the end. That, that,
2: yeah. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, Will is winning this. And then yeah. two minutes later, well, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, aged like milk, as you said, Josh. But um yeah. Yeah, I mean they 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 got me there. I really thought that he was winning. They they were like, I know they, I know he's a star, mm. but I I really thought that they were gonna make him that guy in this match. And uh, yeah, by no means am I disappointed at Takara. Just at just okay. Now now we know where we're going. Well, sort
1: of. It kind of feels like you know how we had this discussion, we had this discussion a little while back about you know, the Jay and Naito stuff, right? Like Jay being like the Osaka boy and that kind of thing. Hmm. I was kind of thinking about this after that Naito match, because I think that Naito-Osprey match, I really liked Okada, Okada-Osprey and it, it might sort of resonate with me, but it's kind of like that felt more like Osprey trying to do more of like that New Japan main event, whatever that's supposed to be style. I just rather him do more like the Naito match was like, do just be what you are and just go for 20 minutes and go fucking ridiculous. And that- yeah that kind of suits him better but so after that match I was like I was like man there's a lot of interesting parallels between and it was especially after he cut that promo which is awesome the in ring promo I I said to you I I think about that I was like oh that's that's um like that's a 25 minute performance of the best 25 minutes of his career but yeah. just everything he did in that was from the moment he came through the curtain, everything he did, he was yeah. just owned. And then
2: even even the way he sort of like we were like, you know, like watching crash the landing when he went out the back. But even yeah. that was
1: And that's what I was thinking about. That's what I was thinking about. Because in it he tried to he, he brought up the NITO word that we've always tried to figure out what the word is, yeah. when NITO proclaimed himself a star. Yeah. And he said it right. And I was like, I was like, well, his story currently is. He can't beat Okada without, without help, which is exactly Naito's thing where it's like, he can't overcome the guy when he finally won the world title the time, he used Sonata to get it like, Mm. and this idea of he's constantly like he would, he couldn't be a star when he was in his former group. So he had to create his own group that is of sort of these, these outsiders that, that he's sort of cultivated that are all connected to him based on his philosophy of wrestling. It's like he's taking the Naito arc. Like he's taking yeah. that exact same route. And Okada is his, the guy that he perceives as the one who's standing in his way. Like he's lost, I think it's seven out of eight now against Okada. Yeah. Like right. that's, not, that's not a great record. Yeah. And, but it's like, so everything was like, he's setting him up to win. It's like, but just like Naito, it's all oh, setting him up to win. And then he gets just crushed by Okada. And has yeah. to get carried out in in incredibly sympathetic fashion. Like,
2: yeah,
1: it's kind of it's like he's been a heel, but now he's kind of being presented as a tweener. Like, clearly, we always said you can't boo Okan. Everyone's been saying you can't boo Okan. Jeff Cobb's lovable. It's yeah. like I don't know if United Empire's run as a heel faction is going to last very long. I think they've almost instantly. It's too hard. I mean,
2: for, for Japanese audience, too hard to boo. Uh, Osprey's offense. Osprey, because he's yeah, because of his offense. Hey, Red, I have a question for you, mate. Mm. Because I know you love the match, the matches, and the match speak. In the final, was there? Did you have like a favorite sequence? Oh, the stars clash. It's pretty cool, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that that, and then the one wing angel like that. Yeah, yeah, that that particularly for me was like, oh, what are we trying to do here? What mm. is? The, what are we trying to do here? Um That the, the those particular parts stood out for me the absolute most. So like, like the fact that he went for the stars clash, hit it, then went for the one wing angel on the day that Kenny Omega came back.
2: Yeah. After yeah. He, he hit a V trigger and then did yeah, and the the yeah. the crowd's reaction to him, oh, yeah. him on his shoulders, they're like, <gasps> That's like <laughs> yeah, really cool, because I was. Of saying to Josh too, I'm like, is he just gonna because he talked the night before about all the guys that had beaten Okada? I'm like, is he just gonna roll through? Is the next his next destino and then is he (laughs) gonna do the Blade Runner? Is he just gonna go through all the moves,
1: (laughs) the roller decks of moves? Yeah, he got to Kenny's and he got hung up, he got got hung hung up up. on Kenny. Yeah, that's what I sort of think happened. I think he was going, I think his plan was, I'm gonna hit everything that took out Okada and one of these is gonna do it, and then he just got stuck on Kenny. Like, his high flow flow was
2: oh beautiful. how good was that oh, yeah. it yeah. was beautiful it would have been yeah. jelly <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're like it, hell settle down with your copy in here yeah, bud. i
2: think you should incorporate that because that was <laughs> awesome.
0: but i mean i, I really enjoyed uh, uh billy boy he loves to use the apron he really loves to use the apron yeah. the outside apron particularly too and i mean those those moves are so impactful that Oscar when Okada's oh dead, yeah
1: because he didn't have enough room. Ocar didn't have enough room to, room to get space. So he had to literally like just leave the chin. It was yeah. like it was stiff. It was tough. The first like fifteen minutes were just Okada just being a prick. You know, like just that real big brother beat you up. And as you said, Red, it was like not until Osprey and Osprey loves that sort of stuff. I was I I sort of say like I think Osprey's like. There's obviously Omega's a huge influence on Osprey, and he won't admit it, but it's obviously yeah. it's there. And he's not as... Here's the thing. Osprey's not much for the subtle when it comes to his storytelling beats. He likes to play uh, broad, and he likes to play with big, yeah. overt, big colours, flashing lights. Um, he is the blockbuster. <laughs> like, he is the... There's themes. It's like, yeah, there are, and you can see them a mile out, and they're fairly universal, and they're pretty relatable, right? Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of Will Ospreay. He's not he's not the A twenty four superstar, you know. Like that's not him. He's he's the big Michael Bay trying yeah. to do Ubscurt, serious shots. Yeah, that's Ospreay. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's he's commenting here using this Dutch angle. It's like I don't think he is. No, he just like butt cheeks. But he's making a reference it's like member berries Mm. and i think that's fine because i think it's the type of style of match that will cross like it goes across like you heard how the crowd reacted they ate it up whether you love him or you hate him he's he's a position as a guy in new japan for new japan audiences and the new japan audiences were with him 100 of the way and it's clearly they love that that styles clash they love that when that v trigger hit and when he went up to that was one of the biggest reactions i've heard in a long time where it was like that that's a that's like a such a protected spot that that he was doing it because like you know like elp's been trying it during the pandemic (laughs) he does it every now and again yeah but it didn't hit the same way that osprey did it because it's like why is he doing this what is he trying to say and and it's like that ascension of you know the only I mean it's true Kenny's the only foreigner to ever win the G one so there's that thing that everyone's chasing they're all chasing the shadow of Omega you know so I think he can play the big blockbuster stuff and he can engage it's still like I can watch it and go yeah that was that's great that's the entertaining if it is narratively rich as you know the other stuff probably not but that's not, that doesn't mean it's needs to be discounted. So I had a, I thought it was a great, a great, um, combination of the two, the two matches put together, make it a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, combo this one, the first one was like a real tight 95 minute thriller. And then the, uh, this one was more the two and a half hour, you know, like we're entering into like, uh, I don't know, infinity war or something <laughs> We're just, just throwing yeah. a bunch of random stuff. In. It's like, okay, little sequence, a little decoy over this way. Um, and now we're going to go to Wakanda for a bit, you know, like they just kind of mixed it up a bit. Um, but I do think to some extent, um, I think that, I think Osprey has at this point, um, it's going to be him as a wrestler of the year kind of thing. Like he's the modern day, like he's the modern day kind of Ric Flair, like, you know, <laughs> probably with the cancelable actions as well. But like, he's, he's got that, he's a traveling guy. Like he's, he's on AEW next week in the yeah. trios tournament and it's just it just keeps on running and as they mentioned on the commentary he's had more singles matches than anybody else in in new japan this year he just keeps working
2: i think he's yeah i mean he said it in his as much in his promo like he's gonna work harder than anyone else to get like to promote the company effectively
1: yeah which is such a baby face thing it's like such a i'm gonna put the company on my it's it's omega it's so omega That's the issue. It's just it's such an Omega position. Like when remember Omega, the cocky things like I can take us to heights that we've never seen before. And against Omega, against Okada, who he's perceived as the, you know, just keeping it quite. Yeah, but uh, but,
2: uh, Omega always felt like he was doing it for himself. I feel like Will's like his arc and his his angle is that he's doing it because like what for himself as well, but because he loves New Japan. Yeah. Whereas Omega, it's like, I don't, know, I don't
1: know if he loves New Japan. <laughs> loves the
2: elite. Yeah, he just loves Omega. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I think Osprey's got a healthy serving of loving of Osprey too. But oh, absolutely. Well, that was his character though. You know, that was his driving motivation. I think it's the same with Osprey. I'm going to, we're going to take New Japan to new heights. You know, that's the the framing of it. And I think it's it's a fair <laughs> thing to say. We're going to take it out of the dark ages, you know, like...
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I like that side of it. I thought that was cool when he was talking
1: about, you know, it's like the new dark ages coming out of the, uh, the pandemic. Yeah. Out of the pandemic. Yeah. And he wants to be the Tanahashi, Hmm. you know, and I think that's, it's interesting. And it'll be interesting to see if he can do it. Obviously he lost. So that's Mm. going to be interesting what his path is from that point. He's had a, a card as the actual winner. You know, and it's like it's like it's the classic. Oh well, okay, it's just a Carter, and it's who does a Carter eventually? Like at this point, a Carter made it pretty clear he wanted to affirm the G one as like he's really big on making sure that people realize the G one should be a thing of itself. Winning the G one should be the goal. The WrestleMania, yeah. the Wrestle Kingdom main event. Yeah, I think
2: I think he's right. Like it's almost like you know the suitcase cheapens the fact that you won the G one.
1: The G one is the G one winner. Yeah. You know. And you can challenge me for the for the for my place, but you know, I don't need to carry a suitcase for that. No, you know, I, I like that kind of that presentation. I, I I wonder if it's if if it's a car, if, Are they doing a car Jake, or is it going to get to Naito somehow? Well, he he mentioned Naito. I know he mentioned right? Naito. Yes, what he mentioned it? Naito, and the crowd exactly. went, "Ooh!" I'm like, look, I love Tetsuya Naito, and I love Tetsuya Naito fans. They are the best. They are the best because. It's still real to them, damn it. They know what they're getting in for. They know the pain that this is going to be, and they sign up for it. Yep. And get irrational when he loses. We
0: always do. We always do.
1: It's damn great. Man. Yeah. You care more about Naito than Naito cares about Naito. He's out here <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> Naito cares more about his hat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he came He's out. Like, I'll be there. I don't care. Where's my hat? It's fine. It's fine. We all know that I'm fine. Whether I win, wherever I don't, it's my destino. The world will take me where I am. I'm merely a plastic bag in the wind.
0: Is now is now like you know? I said to you guys before in the uh, the old Slack channel was that uh, I actually had my nephew engaging in a wrestling match for the first time. My nephew was six years old, and I've tried for years. Absolutely, <laughs> for years.
1: He's six. Yeah,
0: uh, to get into wrestling, and all of a sudden we're watching the the, the Naito Osprey match, and what got him into the match first was the fact that his name's Will, and Will
1: Osprey's name is Will. That's always and, a good start. Yeah,
0: it's a good start. And there I am going, Will, no Naito. That's, that's the great watch. <laughs> and he starts, he starts, he's like, he's going Osprey. He's like, oh, this Osprey guy. He's like really into Osprey. And then I'm like, oh, Will, Will, you know. You're in for a really disappointing night. <laughs> this is going to be so disappointing for you, buddy. Like literally thinking we're having a repeat of like Josh and I with Shibata and Akata. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, buddy, don't get your hopes up too much. And he's like, oh no, Uncle Louie, this is going to be sick. Will's going to win. I'm like, yeah, buddy, he's not. And then I started getting really weird competitive with my nephew, going, no, he's not going to win. Dude. You get to
1: did, did Will get to see a grown man cry? Was that his first experience of pro wrestling? No, it Was like what, red what, throwing no, a pin.
0: No, what happened was there was a double turn. I was happy. <laughs> <You>. <laughs> I was happy that Osprey won.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, not to segue, but Naito did about four. Naito had his working boots on in that match. It was like a reminder of when the when the when the lights are on and Naito's ready to go. He can still he can still perform at a elite level. He did Thanks. three or four yeah. athletic maneuvers that were just supremely I don't I've never seen anyone do them I never seen anyone get out of a vertical suplex with a hurricane rana it was like oh it's we, surprising
2: often we like reference, you know wrestlers make people their cuck or whatever it's like Naito. Fans, are Naito's cuck. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he gets joy out of it, right? Yeah, he does. He's the saddest. He enjoys <laughs> he it. Fucking is. Are you like? I just, I reckon he just like watches. What are they saying at the moment? What are they? What are they wanting to happen? Okay, Gato. Now, how do we book it so that I don't get anything? <laughs> and then eventually we do some weird thing that people think is impossible, and then I get there in the end.
1: Yeah.
2: And then we and- just. And then we immediately take on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's he's he the best. It. He's
1: yeah. the best. Yeah. Poor Naito fans, but you you get the best. You know. You
0: know what's fucked up is it my actual other wrestling hero next Eddie Guerrero is Mick Foley, and what is Mick Foley known for? Yeah, losing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but getting over as a result. Maybe like... maybe you're your own cuck. <laughs> maybe <yeah. laughs> you've cuck got a tie. Himself. <laughs> well, you I, cut I, yourself <laughs> your selections yeah it's going to be interesting lads I, I think we're on for an interesting space because i know okada is taking time off for the for the kids so um if it is the is the logical thing okada J, I mean that is that's a that's interesting or is uh, something going to happen before that point we know Okada's is going to be I, any, But
0: i i, I would pref- personally i i would love to see the next progression of this, these things going on because We've seen Naito and Okada so many times. Yeah, I would pref- I preferably prefer to see Okada and Jay. I, I yep. that, That's what I'd like to see. Well, they've never main evented
1: eh, at Wrestle Kingdom. They've never main evented no, at Wrestle Kingdom. No, they they've wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom. They've
0: wrestled there, but yeah, but I mean, like, I—I I, me personally, just to have Okada go up this version of Jay, like that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see this world beating my era Jay that he really is like he's everything that he said he was
2: taking on the rainmaker, the absolute be all and end all. Interesting too, that it's one dome show, right? So if Jay goes in as champ against Okada, Okada beats him, then they got New Year's dash the next day. And then the next night that could be some sort of bullet club fucking revenge story
1: there. That would be when they would do it. Yeah. And you think about it, you think about the story is Gato left, Okada for Jay. Yeah. Because Jay was surpassing Okada. The that would make sense. If if Jay can't beat Okada in the main event, he hasn't truly surpassed Wrestle Kingdom, he hasn't surpassed Okada. He's not the guy they need. You know, that that you could tell that story. So I can see the benefit of going that direction. And if it's going to be a one night Wrestle Kingdom, that they're going to pack that show full of that's going to be just stacked. Right. Yeah. So you, you, your main event can still, you can probably, you can, you can trust the risk. There's always a risk when you marry an event with a foreign talent. It just, it just is. Mm-hmm. It's always a risk, but you can main event with the champion, Jay, knowing that it's that, that story is inbuilt. Like that's the, they're the rivals and they've never been given that platform. You know, they've they had the MSG match, you know, they've had, they've had some key matches, but they haven't had that Wrestle Kingdom main event and, That would be the that would be your ultimate. If I were Gato, I'd be like, "That's he hasn't. We we turned. You beat Okada in fifteen minutes last time you wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom, and now you lose to him. You've regressed. We Mm -hmm. need to make. We need to change course." So I could see that being the story they go with if if they want to. In fact, I think that that to me is the story. I think that would be the most compelling one. I know Okada Knight had wrestled a lot and. But it'd have to be in this situation, it would have to be NITO as champ, and that's not that doesn't make any any real sense other than you know I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's yeah, yeah we go yeah. I don't know if you have NITO top bill as champ losing you'd want him to win yeah that for that story to make sense that so yeah. you'd have to beat a guy that it was it wouldn't it wouldn't have the same the same narrative function as it would to to, to crown Okada with this kind of a noki run where he gets his revenge on Jay, who beat him at, you know, and, and that would, that would tie him up. I think that would tie the story up and then it would propel Jay off to go with his own thing.
2: Oh, there's some cool stuff coming out at the end of the G1. We knew it was going to ramp up for the last week,
1: but yeah. Holy shit. There was some, um, you're right. We knew it was going to ramp up. I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to it next week when we talk about all our the, sort of the coverage of the entire show. But there's no doubt about it that this was a, um, you know, for people that like the in ring stuff, the the last two nights gave him plenty, yeah, and um, and it's yeah, great takeaways.
0: Well, at the same time, this G one was a cluster fuck. Um, mm. I think this was an absolute success. Like this, I mean, like you know, after everything that like you know wrestling has gone through in the last couple of years, I don't think you could have had with out their own fuck ups that are going on that they can't control.
1: Mm. This was probably one of the best G1s I've seen. Yeah, I think, I think there's, I think at the top end there is. Yeah, I think at the top end, it's, it's consistently, it's always good. I think I could have used about, um, you know, Farley and Udro and the bottom couple of people. Yeah. But I, I kind of look at it and think, if it was a 20 man field, you miss out on Finley, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> that's kind of like, I kind of like do I do I have do I have to sit through, you know, six Udraw matches and six filet matches so that I can experience what I got out of the Finley run? Okay, I'll do that. I won't be happy about it, but I'll do that because at least I can see the benefit of if we're going to put in mid-carters, we can elevate the mid-carters that we feel could get to that next level. And now Finley's, you know, Finley's in there tagging with Tana so like yeah. good for Finley, it's and he's and he's getting those same that he's got a potential to, to move forward, and I yeah. hope I hope we'll, talk, we'll obviously talk about it next week, but I hope that these guys get that opportunity to move forward, and that they, there's something in line for all of these guys, all of them, the Tom Lawlers, the the the, uh, the David Finleys, the El Fantasmos, and it looks like they are. It Looks like El Fantasmo and Shingo is a direction that's awesome. Let's keep doing that. It looks like and also tasty uh, El Fantasmo and Kenta as a tag team or a tag team that. yeah the heavyweight yeah. tag team boys yeah, tag league yeah. get them in there <laughs> fucking the trolls just hanging out together <laughs> uh, but you got like you got uh tom lawler and zsj being paired up so yeah. like there's there's stuff coming out of it that's oh, that's yeah. exciting and it's fresh and it's different and so i think that that's all you can ask for out of these these type of tournaments and yes we got to an inevitable end you know like it's it's always Okada and Okada in the 50th year. He, as I said, I am so here for Okada as a Noki. I'm here for Okadaism. I just want to see it. I want the world to experience this new this new age, new reign of Okada. He's he's literally just doing fucking a cosplay at this point, And I'm I'm just so <laughs> for it. And I just want to see that type of presentation. It's the first time in a long time that they're willing to to present someone like that, where he is the big final boss and just let him, let's go back. The Rainmaker is back. Let's run it back. Give the man the belt and have him be the guy that you know he slowly, gradually turns into that Onoki type character who's a bit of a you know shit. is he's a, he's yeah. a heel, and that then he finally gets beaten, that's when jay white, the the plucky underdog babyface, or the plucky underdog babyface, will Ospreay. one of his two yeah. white boy rivals that seem to yeah. be f- fighting for his affection. One of those two. Um, Finally, usurping.
0: Can can I just say one thing regarding the belt? I fucking hate that belt so much.
1: Yeah, a lot (laughs) of people do.
0: I really, I really, really hate that belt. Like the belt, it's like you know, (laughs) it's just like you. You have like the fans got their belts. That's fine. That's merchandise. But it's it's like compared to what they used to have as
1: a belt. You're never gonna get. You're never get the version four belts back.
0: I, I know, I know, but it's just like that. This particular belt, I just can't stand.
1: That's that's fair. I was like that early, but it's sort of grown on me. Shingo looked the best on. I think yeah, Jade makes I, it work I, interesting.
0: I, I hate yeah. this belt. I hate yeah. this belt so much. And I, I didn't actually didn't actually realize
1: how much I care about a belt. One thing I'll say about the belt, Red, is if you wanted to say picture in your head what a belt would look like, it was designed in Japan. Oh yeah, it's that's that belt. Idea. Oh, yeah yeah it was derided but I do think ultimately the belt the man makes the belt in this sense yeah. like whoever's holding it will will craft it into what he needed it to be and Okada with it looks would look interesting and odd because he's so tied to those history yeah but it's a new belt and it's a new it's a new presentation so I think yeah I think ultimately I think that's the story that they'll go towards reaffirming yeah, let's let's just do that. Okada wins the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Jay loses. Jay gets booted out of the bullet club. Jay has to go find himself. He teams up with Tama, who's somehow inexplicably still a babyface because everyone fucking loves babyface Tama Tonga.
2: Except me. <laughs> except
1: me. It's except Dave, who's not who Dave is not going to turn on these people, just oh, so we no. know famously told me. I will not be I'm not going to be convinced that he's turned baby babyface until he isn't. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. Until <laughs> he until he turns back heel. Yeah. I um, would never be wrong. It might take me 20 years, but I will not be wrong. <laughs> like I told you all along. Yeah,
0: seven, seven years from now when Tom actually turns again. He's like, yeah. I told I'll be you. like
2: see? <laughs> How long ago did I call this shit?
1: <laughs> the subtleties. The subtleties. The him. nuances. <laughs> Tama Tonga baby face like it's proven it's proven this is a heel company right it's always been a heat bullet club cheating company but there's something so wholesome and nice about and it's and it's jarring and it's actually i get the feeling most people don't believe it when you just present good old fashioned baby face guys like Kishida and tamatonga and they're like happy and smiling and they're giving high fives and they're they're like waving to the crowd and they're cheering themselves on everyone's like that doesn't seem right. That can't be right. <laughs> but yet the Japanese audience is so behind them. Like there's no doubt like that. I'm sorry, Western fans and people that Tamatonga Jay White is a money program in yeah, Japan. He, it is. Yeah. And they want Tamatonga to win. They care about Tamatonga. So fair fucks to Tamatonga. Great stuff. He had a great match. He got a, in the semifinal. He earned his spot. He The match with Jay was great and the match with Ikata was great. Yeah. yeah he's 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 proven himself so i don't know what he'll him and jay will do their thing and ultimately i think who knows it might be the island of you know misfit baby faces when when they all come back together we are we work stiff that's right and we will be back next week get ready for a a monster show the stiffies
0: Oh my God.
1: You guys stiff have one no, stiffies.
0: You guys have no idea. You thought you enjoyed podcasts before. You thought you enjoyed this show before. I'm joking, but seriously, we're about to unload
1: the best podcast you've ever are <laughs> about to unload in your ears. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> clean yourself up, get ready, get prepared, shower and shave. And move. move <laughs> get, always have it handy. The you Stiff look. Boys are ready yes. to unload. We will as, enter your ear holes.
0: As we yes. perform the clean and jerk version of audio. Yes, <laughs> the
1: Stiffies is coming.
0: literally (laughs)
1: Stiffies is coming next week